chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 5 through 8. We're looking in chapter 6. Remember, we talked about the fact that this is the intention of the gospel. This is where uh, the, the God gives us the intent and purpose through Jesus Christ in this Sermon on the Amount of what the, what the gospel is truly uh, about for us. And last week, what we looked at, we looked at the fact that as we um, give, we're not to give hypocritically, we're to give sincerely. And remember that in every aspect of all the things that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks and months, God looks intently at our heart. He's looking at why we're doing what we're doing. So the next thing that we're going to look into and the next thing that we're going to go into is, is our prayer life. And so when we're praying and when we're asking God for things, God is looking at our heart. And we have to realize that he's getting through all the facade that we put out there in so many aspects of our lives. So when we speak to God, we need to be real with God. God is real with us, is he not? He's plain, straightforward through Scripture what He requires of us and what He asks of us. And so why is it that we think that we can fool God by going to Him in prayer and asking or, you know, have you... Sometimes I think we try to manipulate God through our prayer lives. No, oh, yeah, you've never done that before? Yeah. You know, we're going to guilt God into giving us what we want, right? Or, or, or acquiescing to the things that, that we believe are truth or the direction in which we want to go. But the reality is, is God sees and cuts through every single bit of that. So why should we do that at all? In fact, this is what the scripture says. Jesus says to this to us, he says, when you pray... You are not to be like the hypocrites. Once again, he's bringing out the hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? Does anybody know what a hypocrite is? Takes, says one thing, does another. That's a great way to, to say it. But you know what it was in Greek life? What was it in Greek life? Does anybody remember? It was an actor. All right? And in Greek life, they would put on masks. All right? They would masquerade themselves, and that was what a hypocrite. A hypocrite was someone who would go out and perform or put on an act or put on a show. So when he says, don't be like the hypocrite, he's talking about someone who literally would put on a mask or, or transform themselves into something else so that they can do whatever. Okay? So if we're giving, he said, don't be like the hypocrite in the way that they give. He says, now as we pray, don't be like the hypocrite. Because how does the hypocrite do this? For they love to stand and to pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. So it was all about the show. Remember, we talked about the show last week. It's about the show here too. Seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. And do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask it. All right? So when we're praying, I want you to see there's a bunch of... I've got some things highlighted. I don't know if it really showed up in the outline or whatever because of the size of the font that I was using. But the first thing that I want you to see is that they prayed to be seen by men. Praying, is your praying, is it about attention or is it about sharing? Are you trying to get attention from God? Are you trying to show God that you're giving attention to Him? Because are you giving it and are you praying in such a way in public or before other people to garner attention from men? Our prayers need to be sincere. Our prayers need to be forthright to God. 
They don't need to be full of any junk. We need to cut through all of this stuff and get right down to the matter of what we're trying to speak to with God. All right. When you are trying to tell your spouse or your children something, are you like me and going to like a five-minute dissertation before you actually get to the point? Come on, that was a funny joke. My family are like, my family's like, Tim, you're talking to us. Come on. We get this. We get this, Dad. Move on. Move on. Got to give all the background, right? You got to fill it all in. We got to be able to put, that, put all that perspective together so that they understand everything. God knows all this, right? Get straight to the point. When we're relationally trying to make an impact on somebody's life or to, or to try to have a conversation, we just need to be right to the point. Now, look, how many of you have ever found someone who cuts through all the fluff and just speaks, speaks it, man? Just tells you right off the bat, like a person of few words and just gets right to the point. And they're, what, what we would say, they're blunt. Do you know anybody that's just blunt when they speak? Now, look, God knows that too. He knows who we are. He wants us to speak to him, but he wants us to speak in a profound and sensible way. We don't, it's not to be about show. It's not to be about attention or anything. It's to be about our relationship with God. It's, it's about sharing. It's about building a bond and a, a, a line of conversation with our Creator. It's about speaking to Him truthfully and plainly. Scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't put any fluff in that. Let God know what you're thinking. Let God know what's on your mind. Let God know how you feel. You ever had any angry prayers with God? I'm, I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, I have angry prayers with God sometimes. I'm like, okay, I'm, I have no idea what's going on here. You need to fill me in. Or I'm like, this is not going my way. You need to change this course right now because I'm not getting what I want. And sometimes it's, it's, it's very straightforward. God is asking for us not to be anxious about those type of things, but to speak plainly in with clarity to him. Why? Because he knows. We're going to get to this in a minute. I'm not trying to get to the big end before I get to the big end. But he knows this. The first thing I really want you to see out of this, when we speak, we're not to be about attention, it's about, to be about sharing. But when we pray, we pray to your Father. We're praying to God. When you speak to God in prayer, there's an audience of one. That's all you need to be worried about. You don't need to acquiesce eloquence. We need to be just speaking real with God. That's our audience. When we pray in public, we don't need to posture ourselves about it. We just need to pray to God. We need to speak to Him as we're speaking to someone else who's standing right here with us in this room can hear us. And he's our audience. He's the only one that we should worry about. If we're, People don't like to pray publicly because they're afraid they're going to mess up. We, we need to get over our fears. We're speaking to God and to God alone. Everybody else is just in the room when we happen to do that. And if our words stumble, it's okay. 
Because God is looking at something different. And he's the only one that we're praying to. We're not praying for show for everybody else in the room, are we? If we are, we're doing it for the wrong things. So just speak to God. Just step back. Let all that go and just have a conversation with your creator. The one who's given you life. The one who knows every aspect of what's going on. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. Verse 11 is the one that we read all the time where he says, I know the plans for you, the plans to prosper you, all these things. And then he says this, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God wants us to spend some time with him. And so when everything's disjointed in my life, and all of a sudden I'm, I find myself talking to God all the time, and then everything seems to be going rosy for me in my life, and I spend no time with God whatsoever, and I can go through days or, or, or sometimes even longer to have conversation with Him because everything's perfect. It's going the way that I want it. You see, we lose contact with God because we think everything's going, going our direction. God tells us that he, want, he has a plan for our life. He has direction for our life. It's not always the way that we want to go and that we should be seeking him and looking for him so that we'll know what steps to take. Have you ever thought about if you knew everything that was going to happen in your life? Everything that was going to happen next? If you knew the future? If you knew the entirety of God's plan for you, the instant that you became a believer in Christ? How would you have responded in each one of those situations as you walk through it on a daily basis? If he told you the entirety of the, the whole story, would you still go out and do it? Would you still go out and live it each and every day? If you knew that, oh, but when I hit to be 35, it's going to get real tough for me. There's going to be some life transformations in my life. And all of a sudden, the things that I thought were easier are going to become difficult. I don't think I'll bail. I don't think I'll go through all that. I'll ride it on the high waves, but I surely don't want her to walk it on the flatlands. The mountain highs are beautiful. The valleys, not so much. You see, we have to walk this day by day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment with God. And why is that important? It's because God wants our attention. He wants us to speak to Him. We're the ones that he, we're trying to have. He's the one that we're trying to have a relationship with. He wants us to call upon him. He wants us to come and to pray to him. And then it says when that happens, he will listen to us. He says, when you seek me, you will find me. And when you search for me with all of your heart. We should be searching with God for God with all of our heart. Now, sometimes we don't even know what to pray. We don't even know what to ask for. We don't even know which step to make. God's got all of that. What he's wanting for us is, is just to be willing to, to come to him. Instead of trying to figure out on our own. It's, you see, it's when we try to figure out our life on our own by ourselves that we get ourselves in the most trouble. When we think we know what God is doing and where God is going, we will get off the path real, real quick. And then we'll find ourselves either in a ditch or out in la-la land and we don't know how to get back. 
God is the one that we're in communication with and constant in our lives. And when we have constant communication with God in our lives, we stay in touch with where he wants us to go. The second big thing that I want you to see here is that the answer is in the ask. He says, when you're praying, do not use, oh, excuse me, up. he says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God's going to give us the answer, but the answer is in the ask. And sometimes that's difficult for us because we don't know what we should be asking for. But God knows this already. He says the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us, making groanings too deep for words, things that we don't understand. We don't even know what we should ask, be asking for. God knows. And he'll send the answer to us. But the answer is in the ask. Now think about this for a second. Have you ever asked anything out of your own selfish ambitions? <laughs> All the time, Pastor Tim. We want what's best for us, right? We want the good outcome. We want the win as we see it. God knows every single bit of that. So how many of you have ever been given a no from God? Anybody ever been given a no from God? Yeah. We, we're given no's from God because of the ask and the things that we're asking for. Look what Scripture says. Scripture goes on and tells us this. He says in verse, uh, chapter 33, verse 3 of Jeremiah, says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. So the answer is in the ask because God will reveal to us what we do not know. Where, we, where we're going, what we need to see, what we need to be about, God will teach us and tell us. He says, All things that you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So we're going to get something from God. If we ask it in prayer, we're going to receive an answer. He's going to give us an answer. He's not just going to leave us on the hook. Sometimes it's wait, and we have to wait for it, but he gives us an answer. The third thing I want you to see is in James chapter 4, verse 3. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. I'm, look, I know nobody in here has ever bought a, a lottery ticket, but let's just play, okay? Let's just think about that for a second. I'm sure you probably walked into the convenience store as before you bought the lottery ticket. Well, that's nobody in here. I'm sure y'all never, never do that, or nobody in this room would ever do that, right? But you probably go in and say, Lord, please, please, Lord. As I scratch this off, let, this be, let me be a winner. And you're a loser, Right? The card goes in the trash can. You're going, well, I gave to college education. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Woohoo! All right? I'm helping fund somebody else's kid to go to college. You know, it's all good. We don't get what we ask for because we are asking with the wrong modes. Now, look, that could be a great example or a terrible example or whatever, how you want to look at it. But I think that we ask because we, we're like, Lord, please give me this money. Make me rich. But God knows our heart. What would we do with that? We would spend it on who? Numero uno, right? We're going to take care of ourselves first, right? And then leave the rest for whatever's left over. God gives us what we need, when we need it, how we need it, because he knows that's what we can handle. So as he walks us through life and as we stay in constant contact with him and as we pray, he's going to tell us the answers that we need when we need to know it. We're on a need-to-know informational basis with God. And as he reveals it to us, we take another step. And as we take another step, we further our walk and deepen our walk with him. Remember last week how we talked about this is a journey that we're on. 
The intent and purpose of the gospel is to take us from one place, lostness, into an end place, which is heaven. But as we walk here, it's a daily journey with God each and every day and each and every moment of our lives. So as we're in constant contact with the one who created us and the one who leads us down this path and puts us on this journey, we learn We learn from mistakes that we make. We learn from asking for the wrong things. We learn the motives of our heart and how to find out what God wants instead of what we want. And we put those things in those aspects of our lives first and we place our heart's desires in the back. But you want want to know something? God fulfills those when we put them in the right order. He takes care of our needs and then oftentimes He gives us what we want. He said, it says he'll give us the desires of our heart, but he's not going to give us the desires of our heart when we got them out front and first. Because we knows we've got them in the wrong place. But if we'll put him first and put him out forward and we'll pray to him seeking to, for what God wants to do, he'll take care of all those needs so that we'll make it. And then not only will he get it to where we make it, but you know what? He fulfills some of our greatest wants. And he meets the things that we desire. Why? Because he knows these things. He's looking directly at our heart. He's checking our motives. And when our motives are pure, and when we're forthright with him, and when we've got him in the right place, and when we're seeking him each and every day and each and every moment of our lives, he meets us. And as he meets us and communes with us because we have this relationship, we're in oneness with him. And when we're one with him, everything else goes away. <clears throat> Have any of y'all ever, no, this is back in the day when email was huge. This is going to show how, how big our, our age was. And you, any of y'all ever remember when constant contact came out? Have y'all ever heard of an email thing that used to be out for constant contact? It was, it was the coolest thing when I was in church planting in my first church plant. You could take everybody's emails and start to put them in these big, long this, these categories within, your, within constant contact, and it would send out emails to different groups and different things. It was when all this was coming through. It was back in the day, all right? Before, it was 50 million first things ago. But it was on the cutting edge in the, in the beginning where you could take and group up different groups of folks. And so I could write an email out or whatever, put all these uh, emails and addresses in the list and then send it out. It was just a way for me to instantaneously touch and have a contact with everybody that was in the congregation. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because in one, one little point and click, I could send out something to everybody all at once. And as a congregation, we could all have all the same information and be on the same page. The reality for us is for all of eternity and all of existence, we've had constant contact with God. We don't point and click. We receive not because we ask not. We receive not because we ask amiss. So the answer is in the ask. If you think it's not important to have communication with God, you're not going to ask him anything. If you're not going to ask him anything, you're not going to receive anything. So don't be complaining about what you don't have. Because you're not asking. But if you're asking and you're not receiving, then we need to stop for a moment and say one of two things is happening here. Either we're in a wait process 
and God is trying to reveal something and I've got this out of order and some things need to happen before he reveals this to me. I haven't got to the yes or the no yet. Or secondly, we're asking from the wrong motives. And when we clear all this up, God is going to reveal himself to us. So when we're praying and we're praying and when we're praying, it, we're not supposed to stop. We're not supposed to give up. Scripture says, pray without ceasing. Jesus tells the story of a woman who was so persistent in coming before a judge, he finally granted her her wish and what she was asking for. And he basically said, I'm giving you this because I'm tired of you asking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's like all of our children. We can wear them down. They're going to give us the answer that we want if we just keep asking. But we don't have that mentality with God. And to pull back or piggyback off of that, we're supposed to be God's children. We're supposed to be like that. So as your children are to you, we are to be to the Lord. You're just going to keep asking me. You're just going to keep asking me. Keep asking God. Keep trying to find the answer if you don't have it yet. He is going to reveal it to us. Why? Because that's what he wants to do. That's the desire that he has for us is that when we communicate to him, us to him, he reveals these things to us so that we can move forward in our walk, be where we should be, doing what we should be doing. He's not trying to withhold information. He's not trying to keep you from becoming who you're supposed to be. He's trying to get you to the place where you should be. So continue to ask Him. Continue to seek Him. Continue to look forward to what He has in store for you. We constantly look back. We constantly think about where we were. We need to be thinking about where we're going. And we need to be living in the now of where we are. And if we keep these things in the forefront, then God's purpose comes forward in our life and he shows us. I want to tell you something. I've always been a church planner. And as a church planner for 20 years in ministry, planting churches, I always knew what my purpose was. I could get up every single solitary day and know that as a church planner, this is what I was supposed to do. This is how I was supposed to go about this. As God has moved me here, I want you to know something. I am in lands that I have never been before. I've never been the pastor of a, found, of a church that is established. So every day that I get up is a new walk for me and a new step in a journey. And I want to tell you something. As someone who's a type A and likes to know where he's going, this has been so hard. <laughs> Why? Because I thought that I knew all the answers to the places that I had been before and I was just going back over them again or taking the same steps over to move us forward in a church plant. But here, I don't know what steps to take. And as someone who likes to make decisions left and right and just keep going on down the road, when you don't know where you're supposed to go or what you're supposed to do next, it is frustrating. Really frustrating. 
But I want to tell you something else too. I got to go to God more now than I've ever had to go to God before. So the next step in my faith walk was for God to take me out of my place of familiarity, out of my comfort zone, and place me in a place where what? I could just randomly make decisions and go about doing whatever I wanted to do here? It's Mount Salem. How am I going to mess this up, right? No. God has a plan and a purpose for this congregation and for, us, for me. And as we journey in this together, God is building us and putting this together. So as we both go forward, we're going in a place that we've never gone before. And we can look back over the 200-year history of this church and we can say, well, we used to have this many people and now we have this many people. Well, we've been here before and we've done this before. We're not going there again. So just as everybody here has to seek God for where we're going, I have to seek God for where he's taking us, me, and you guys as well. We are on a faith journey, a journey of prayer. The most important thing that we are doing right now is not what the revitalization team is doing. The most important thing that we are doing right now is all of us seeking and praying for what God is going to do next in this place. That is the most important thing. That is how we find his intention. That is how we find our purpose. That is how we become what God wants us to be. We're not going to do that by standing up and praying fancy prayers and going on and on about it like this passage says, like the Gentiles want to do. Lord, just take us to where we've been before. Just lead us. Lord, just, just do what Mount Salem does. We're going into lands in which we've never gone before, into places that we've never gone before. And we don't have the answers. But the answer is found for us in what? The what? The ask. We got to be asking God. You got to be praying, Lord, Tim don't know what he's doing. Amen. Uh, Annie. No, thanks, thanks for having my back. Tim doesn't know what he's doing. Could you please give him some help? That'd be a great prayer. That would be a most excellent prayer. God, we really want to see you move in our midst. We know that that can happen. Father, just show us what we're supposed to be doing. Show us which direction we're going. Show us the steps that we're supposed to take. Do you not think that he wants to answer that prayer? Can I just say this in all honesty? I'm absolutely amazed about how far we've come in the last two and a half to three months. We made some drastic transformations around here. And we could have gone one direction or the other. But do you realize how many new faces that we've seen? Do you realize how many people have stepped up and are leading us as we all worship together? Do you see how many people have stepped forward 
You see all the stuff that's going on around here? We're talking about adding on to buildings. We're painting church. There's activity going on, but there's also the power and the presence of God in this place. That comes because we're in communication with God. And I want you to know something. God looked past all that stuff. He looked past all the stuff that was in Tim's life. He looked past all the stuff that was in Mount Salem's life and in its history and its past. And he looked at our hearts. And when our hearts are joined together with his, then it is go time. And I truly believe it's go time. So as we both journey or walk into a land into which we've not gone before, taking paths into a third century here in a few weeks and months, and we go places that we... We, we've got to stay in tune with God. And we've got to stay in tune with each other. As we do that, God will move in our midst. And as we find His intention and His purpose, then we will not be out of His will. And as we are in His will... then we'll see great things happen. I believe that. Do you believe it? Then if our hearts are lined together in that, then let's go. Where are we going to go, Tim? We're going to go on our knees. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'll tell you what we're going to do here for just a second. I'm not going to pray for us. I told you guys this is the M6 project. We're going to do this a little bit different today. I want you to do something. You don't have to yell it out. But I want you to speak it out. I want you to speak it out to God. So I want 60 or 70 different prayers going to God right now for this place. So you just right there with you are in the softness and the stillness of your voice. You speak to God. You pray to him. And in just a minute, I'll close this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.